will teach you. Yeah, exactly. Kevin, just like Kevin said, if you're like, eh, I don't know if I can do that. I'm too scared. I'm not just going to throw you to the docks. I mean, that's, that's not a cool thing to do. So um, we'll teach you. We'll help you. We're here for you. And we love you. So anyway, uh, before I get rolling, I am going to pray because I always forget to do that most important thing. <laughs> Heavenly Father. Thank you so, 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 so much for your presence and just for meeting us in worship, Lord, for, for inhabiting our praises and for dwelling with us and meeting with us and always being faithful to show who you are and reveal yourself to us. And I just ask for your grace and your anointing as I bring the word tonight. I know there's a lot on my heart that you've given me to share, but I just pray that you would really just... Speak through me, Lord. Just give this time to you now in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, guys. So as we always do, it's quiz time. What series are we in? Yeah. Good job, Shay. Okay. So let's just recap the last couple weeks. The first week, um, the first week we talked about what? What was the first week? What did, what did Isaac bring to Jesus. us? Jesus is right. Yeah. What about Jesus, John Kinzel? <laughs> Caitlin is raising her hand. She has a lot to say over there. So what did we learn about in the first week that Isaac spoke on? Yes. God took whatever it could to be to be with us. And that is the most essential thing. If you need to take anything from this series... There's a lot of things you can take from this series, but that is crucial to the faith, is knowing that Jesus wanted you and Jesus desired you, and he did whatever it took to be with you. So with that, what was the second week? I wasn't here last week, so I had to get freshened up on what we talked about last week. What did we talk about last week, guys? Come on, I nearly need you this time. What did he talk about last week? What did Isaac I do not want a leader this time. Ian? Yep, yep, with the issue of blood last week, yep. Good job, Ian. Yeah. Yeah, so he talked about the woman with the issue of blood, and she took, the, the talk was about, Jesus, or what are you willing to do to get to Jesus? You know, that was the whole idea of his topic. Um, and... I wish I would have been there, but I had a great night off, you know, because <laughs> I was really excited about this series. But um, So I'm, the, I'm this week, and I'm really excited to share on what God really put in my spirit for tonight was whatever it takes, desperate to hear him speak. And so I want to show hands in the room tonight. How many of you have ever heard the Lord speak to you? Just about everybody in this room? Okay, that's great. So when you heard, like, the Lord speak to you, was it an easy or a difficult thing to do? Like, did you feel like it was like the Lord just was opening the heavens and it was like this amazing, ha moment? <laughs> or did it feel like it was kind of difficult? Or was it just pretty simple? You guys can talk to me, it's okay. Yes to both? <laughs> Yes, Tiva. <laughs> I know, that's true. 
Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm glad to hear that the majority of you guys in the room have heard the Lord speak to you. Um, So tonight, I titled this message, Desperate to Hear Him Speak, and I'm going to be coming out of the passage from Mark 8. So Josh, if you could pull that up, we're going to read that together. I'm reading out of the NIV tonight, if anybody has your Bible and wants to look it on your phone. So we're going to just pick it up right in verse 1. It says, During those days, another large crowd gathered. Since they had nothing to eat, Jesus called his disciples to him and said, I have compassion for these people. They have already been with me three days and have nothing to eat. So twice he says just now, these people have nothing to eat. If I send them home hungry, they will collapse on the way because some of them have come a very long distance. His disciples answered, but where in this remote place can anyone get enough bread to feed them? And how many loaves do you have, Jesus asked. Seven, they replied. It's not a lot. He told the crowd to sit down on the ground, and when he had taken the seven loaves and given thanks, he broke them and, suspense, gave them to his disciples to distribute to the people, and they did so. They had a few small fish as well, and he gave thanks for them also and told the disciples to distribute them. The people ate and were satisfied. Afterward, the disciples picked up seven basketfuls of broken pieces that were left over. You can take that down, Josh. Um, So picking up in this story, if you don't know the context, I'll give you a little bit of the context. Where, So we're picking up where it just says in this passage, another large crowd, but For those of you that know this passage and have heard it, you know, Jesus feeds the 4,000. So there were 4,000 people that were there. And as we saw in the passage of scripture, it says they had nothing to eat. And many of them come from a long distance. And to kind of set this story up, I want to give you a little bit of context of what was going on during this period and during this time frame. Um, And you guys have heard this story probably around Christmas time, not this passage that I just read, but what I'm about to share is around this time frame when Jesus came to the earth, I don't think you guys really, I don't think any of us really realized just how dark of a time frame that was for the people of God and for the people that were Jews and, you know, would call the Lord their God. You know, it was a very, very difficult time frame. And they had many prophecies and many things spoken that were speaking of a Messiah that was coming to deliver them. And a promised hope, a promised Messiah, a promised, you know, Jesus, you know, (laughs) even though they didn't know it was Jesus, that they were calling Jesus, but they had a lot of hope that this person was going to come and he was going to save people from their sins and it was spoken about several times, but there was a lot going on around that time frame. It was like 400 years time frame before the Messiah came, and it was a very dark, dark time. Like, they were under persecution under Roman emperors. They, um, it, it just was, it was just a really, really difficult time. There were places in ruins, lots of wars, lots of stuff going on around that time, and it was hopeless. And they didn't have a hope other than this promised Messiah that was going to come. And so fast forward to where I'm at right now um, in sharing this passage of scripture. You're like, well, how does that, why are you talking about that? It's because I want you to see that 
the crowds that were following Jesus, they were desperate to hear him talk. Like they were desperate to hear a word from him because everybody was saying he's the promised Messiah and they were looking for something else. They thought he was gonna be this adorned king that had a beautiful robe and like this amazingness, but he was just like a normal dude. He was a carpenter. He was not what they had expected. I mean, he was born in a manger for Pete's sake. Like he he wasn't what was expected, but everybody you know, that was living during that time frame, they heard about this promised Messiah. And so when there's this Jesus going around sharing the good news, crowds followed him everywhere, you guys. They, they, they would come from distant lands just to hear him talk. And, and I wanted to tell you and show you just how hard of a moment it was for them because a lot of these people were hopeless and they were, down, they were downcast, they were... They were looking for any hope. And so they literally would forsake food, like forsake food for days. I mean, who of you likes to even skip a meal? I mean, just just be honest with me. Who likes to skip a meal? I don't. I do not. I like to eat. But they hadn't eaten for days. Like they, they, they forsook so much. And I'm sure it wasn't just food. I'm sure it was, you know, their families and Some of them had come a long journey, so you can only imagine some of their journeys, what they would have been like. And so that's kind of the setup of my my story. And I feel like, as I talk about like the times that they were living, I think we can all relate to that. I think we can relate that we go through hard times, things can be difficult sometimes, and sometimes you feel like there's no hope. Where are you, God? Is anything gonna get better? Why am I going through this? And there can be a lot of questions and there can be a lot of frustration. And so before I go on in the sermon, I, I wanna relate to you guys and say I've been there myself. I mean, I think any leader in the room right now can say they've gone through hard times and difficult times where they're desperate. <laughs> they're desperate for God to speak, they're desperate for their situation or circumstances to change. And sometimes you can feel hopeless and sometimes you can feel like it's dark. And for me, it was when I was 16 years old and my parents went through a divorce. And I can't tell you that I wasn't expecting it, you know, because, you know, there were things that you could see. I'm not dumb, you're not dumb you know, at 16 years old, you, you know, you're aware of things going on in your home. And, you know, my parents, and that was shortly after I had given my life to Jesus. Like, I called on the name of the Lord. I was like, I'm going to follow you all my days, Lord. I'm in this, you know. And then it was a couple years after that my parents split. And I was just thinking, where are you, Lord? Why, why did you abandon me? And I didn't really feel like he was speaking to me. I didn't really feel like he was close. I felt like he was probably the most distant God ever because why would he let something like that happen to my family? And I had so many questions and I got really depressed and I got really angry and I was without a hope and I needed Jesus. And I can't tell you that I could remember exactly one particular moment where God really just spoke to me, but what I knew, 
I had to do was I had to seek him and I had to, I had to get on my face and I had to go to Jesus. I had to cling to him because he was all I knew and he was all that I had. And I was desperate for a word from him even though I didn't really feel like he gave me this grand answer this is why your parents split up, because I'm a meanie. No, <laughs> he, did, he, didn't, he didn't speak to me that way. He didn't say, like, give me this huge answer that I wanted, you know, because you have a lot of questions as a teenager, like, why your parents do that? I thought they were for life. I thought marriage was for life. I was really disappointed. And, and, um, but what I will tell you is when I sought the Lord, he heard my cry. And he answered me with his love. And he answered me with his, his peace. And he answered me with his strength. And he spoke to me from his word. And, but it took me wanting Jesus to come in. And wanting Jesus to speak to me in that moment. And so, as I go through tonight, I want you guys to ask yourself that question. Am I desperate? Do I want the Lord to speak to me? Whether you're going through a good time or whether you're going through a bad time, do you want the Lord to speak? And I'm not saying this like to bring people down to say, you can't hear the Lord because you're not trying hard enough. Please, please don't hear that tonight. (laughs) Whatever you do, do not hear that. What I want you guys to hear is sometimes we need to go to him and not always expect Jesus to just come like a genie in a bottle because we're in these places. Like, Jesus wants us to come to him and Jesus wants us to bring our needs to him. He wants us to to be fully open to fully receive him. So I'm gonna talk another talk about another passage of scripture just to share. Um, I'm not going to bring it up just yet, but I'm going to talk about the story of Jeremiah and how many of you know the scripture, Jeremiah 29, 11? For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. <laughs> they are to prosper you, to give you a hope and a future. So that's an amazing scripture. It gives us those warm, fuzzy feelings that feel so nice to have (laughs) um, out of scripture. And I'm not saying they're warm and fuzzy. That's a powerful passage of scripture. It's a powerful scripture. But I want to kind of give you some context behind that word um, because (laughs) I feel like we sometimes miss the context of where scripture is coming from, and there's a lot of good stuff in it. And so... I want to explain who Jeremiah was a little bit. Jeremiah was this simple guy who the Lord called to speak on his behalf to a people who were stubborn, far from God, running, worshiping other gods, and being flat out stupid. I mean, let's just be real. They were being stupid. And the Lord called Jeremiah... Just, he, he just called to him and he said, be my voice pretty much to these people and share these words with these people. And I don't know if you guys know who a prophet is, but a prophet is someone who is given a message to deliver on behalf of God 
that's usually most often uplifting, but a lot of times in the Old Testament, they were like really intense, like repent and, you know, like if you don't do this, then you're going to get destroyed. Or, you know, they were, they were pretty, they're pretty hardcore. And prophets were really liked or they were really hated for the most part. I mean, based off of what they spoke. I mean, they, they, they shared things that were, like I said, pretty intense most often. And Kings would look to them for wisdom, and then they would do the opposite of what the, the prophet would say, and then they'd get destroyed or, you know, this, that, or the other. And um, so Jeremiah was living in a time where the Lord had spoke to him and called him to speak to Judah, which is God's people, um, part of his people. They split, but I'm not going to get into that, so we're not going to talk about that tonight. But he spoke to God's people. Um, on behalf of God and what the word gave the Lord gave him to speak to them, and um, he was sent to these people to basically um, call them out on behalf of their sin and the corruption and all of the stuff that they were doing that was wrong. Like Jeremiah's words were not very fluffy; they weren't very gracious; they weren't very kind. But if you look at what was going on during that time. The people of God, the Jews, they were like going hog wild with their sin, basically. They were, they were having a heyday. They were worshiping other gods. They were sleeping with people. They were doing all of these crazy things that you can think of, like name something, and they were probably doing it <laughs> um, that was wrong. And so when we pick up in this passage of scripture right before Jeremiah, like right in Jeremiah 29, the Lord had spoken to Jeremiah to give them a word to say, you're going to be sent into captivity and you're going to be captive in Babylon. And Babylon was a place that was also kind of pretty corrupt. I mean, they, they had a lot of their own issues and there was a lot of like the same things that the Jews were doing at that time too. I mean, that's part of the reason why God's people got into so many mistakes and had so many problems is because they they would kind of live and dwell with these people that did this stuff and they compromised and they would get into sin and they would fall and they would do all of this stuff that wasn't wasn't right in the Lord's eyes. So all of that to say you're like, why are you just talking about all this? Like, why are you why are you just going on and on and on about this prophet that doesn't even matter? But um I had to give you the context because I needed you to see again around this time frame, things were not that great. I mean, they really weren't. Um, and for God to send a people into captivity, like captivity means prison, like you're a prisoner basically, like you're prisoners of the city. But um, I believe, and I think a lot of believe, like a lot of theologians think that the Lord sent them away captive because it was almost like a test to see if they would get their heart on track and to see if they would like come back to this place because when they went there, he told them to actually go and like dwell and to, you know, harvest the land and multiply while they were there. But many theologians thought that the Lord had done that and it was thought that he did that because they were supposed to like learn a lesson I guess you would say like they were sent away captive to learn a lesson and so 
We pick up with Jeremiah in this passage that everybody quotes so much. I know the plans that I have for you, but um, I'm going to read out of 29 verses 12 through 14. It says, then you will call on me. This is literally right after I know the plans I have for you. You will call on me and come and pray to me, and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. I will be found by you, declares the Lord, and will bring you back from captivity. I will gather you from all the nations and places where I have banished you, declares the Lord, and I will bring you back to the place from which I carried you into exile. So, in that passage, the Lord brought a word through Jeremiah of hope and encouragement to them. Like he spoke to them in the middle of their despair, in the middle of captivity, in the middle of them being prisoners. But it took effort on their behalf. Like it, it wasn't just a, okay, I'm sending you away captive. Hopefully you get it. Hopefully during this hard, difficult time, you're just going to get your act together. No, like in this place he said, seek me, you will find me. Call on my name and I will answer to you. I will bring you out of your captivity. I'll bring you out of being a prisoner. But it wasn't just this one-sided effort where the Lord all of a sudden delivers his people. And yes, he does do that. Like, God has done that. He has done that, and he will do it in the past. I'm a firm believer of it. He's going to do that, you know, to people. But where we talk about this passage of Scripture is it took effort on the people's part to go to the Lord to get out of their situation. Like, the Lord wanted their participation to seek him so that he would get them out of captivity. Now, I'm not going to tell you the rest of the story because um, if you want to know, you should go read it yourself. But basically, the Lord wants our participation. He wants us to seek him that he might be found, and he wants us to seek him in those difficult times. Because we could run to so many other things, like to get wisdom from, to get different, like, I guess, like things that you want to hear. You could run to friends, you could run to TV, you can run to so many other things. But we have an amazing God that desires to speak to each and every one of you and desires to speak to you in those situations. And sometimes when we're going through hard things, we want it just quick and easy like that. But sometimes I believe that we go through difficult things because there are things that is growing our character within it, not saying that the Lord is causing bad things to happen, but sometimes he allows them to happen just like he did with, in Jeremiah's day so that they can kind of have this character grown out of them and come back to the Lord. And sometimes I feel like he's just saying in those difficult times, I want you to come to me because I have something to say and I want to meet you in those places. But we can't do that in our own strength. <laughs> um, just like I said from the very beginning, Isaac's message was, bottom line, the most important thing and the most foundational thing you need to know for your faith is that Jesus sought after you and Jesus did whatever it took to have you. And... We always need to remember that we only can do these things because he first did it for us. Like we can't, we can't call on his name 
apart from, apart from him. I mean, we just can't. I can't come to Jesus without having known that Jesus loves me. I mean, you can without any relationship, and I believe he will answer people, but we can't come to him in our own strength because he was the one that sought us out first. We find him because he found us first. But sometimes it isn't easy to seek the Lord. Sometimes it's not easy to go to the Lord in your hardship and in your hurt and in your questioning and depression and anger. Like, sometimes that's the last thing that you want to do. (laughs) Sometimes it's, you want to just remain there and you run to other things, you know, like your friends or your phone or social media. But the Lord is always faithful to speak just at the right time and just when you need it. And it might not look like some, like I said, open the heavens, amazing talk, but just like when they went to him, when they were forsaking food to go hear Jesus talk when he fed them, when he fed the the multitudes and the huge crowd of 4,000 people, they were without a hope. And I feel like there are some of you in this room tonight that, that are without a hope, that might feel like, well, I've tried this whole praying thing, but I don't hear anything. Or I've tried this whole praying thing, but it's boring. Or I've tried this whole praying thing. I've tried to talk to God. I've tried to come to him in my time of need, but he never shows up, so I don't really see the point. But that's not the point. <laughs> it's, the point is Jesus wants a relationship with you, and he wants to talk to you. But sometimes we're too busy even to listen to him. And sometimes we're not willing to take that time because this is more important. Sometimes we don't want to make that sacrifice because it's uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable to leave your heart open and exposed to even sometimes a close friend, let alone a God you can't see. But the Lord wants to speak to you. He desires to have a relationship with you. But the question is, do you want to? Do you, are you desperate to hear him speak to you? Do you want him to meet you in your time of need? Do you want him? Do you want him? Do you want to hear his voice? And again, I want to say, it's not, I'm not saying this in a place to make people feel bad if you haven't heard his voice. I'm not even saying it to where You have to try and strive like, oh, I'm just trying so hard to hear the Lord. Most often it's when you're the most real and most at ease that he speaks to you. I mean, I'll just be honest. Sometimes it's like I'm literally taking a shower and the Lord will speak to me. And there are crickets chirping. (laughs) Y'all hear that? Are you awake? Are you awake? It is Kevin's phone. (laughs) good job John 
It's okay, Kevin. It happens. Well, back, back to life, back to world, back to sermon. Whoop, see how I did that? We're going back. <laughs> we need a John Kinzel thing again that pops up. I don't know. I think, I think we can all agree, though, that um, I think we can all say that we are living in hard times right now. I mean, I don't know that any one of us in this room would say COVID has been a walk in the park. I don't know, you know, there are so many issues going on in our nation and in the nations of the world right now. And even sometimes, I mean, I'm just going to be real and say, there are sometimes I, I look at what's going on and I'm like, oh my, <laughs> like Jesus help us, you know, because it can be scary, you know, and, and hard with some of the things that are going on in our world right now. Like, like man, do we even have a future? I mean, I have those thoughts sometimes. I won't even lie to you. I mean, it's, I have questions. I have, I have fears pertaining to what is going on in our world right now, but things are difficult right now. But sometimes I feel like it's, it's a challenge to us. Are you going to seek my face, and are you going to hear what I have to say about the times that you're living in? Because we could... You know, and I keep bringing this up, we could go to so many things, like, remember that the 4,000 forsook food to go to Jesus. Like, what if we were that desperate to hear from the Lord about what he's saying about COVID, what he's saying about the issues that our Supreme Court and our governors and people are facing? What does he have to say about some of these huge issues that that are going on in our nation, like racial injustice. Like, Jesus, what do you have to say? What is your heart on these problems? Instead of going to our, like, our friends or even our parents or even social media. Social media is the, the worst thing you could run to, <laughs> I mean, for, for difficult things that we're going to. I'm just going to call it as is. Social media is not a trustworthy source to give you answers about the issues that are going on in this world right now. And if you think that it is, I'm telling you, you're wrong. And I love you guys, but social media is not where you need to look. Jesus is the answer, and you need to ask him. You need to ask him because you are not going to make it if you do not ask him what is going on pertaining to what is going on in the times and seasons in our nation right now. And I'm not saying that to scare you, but... It is a distraction, <laughs> and it, is, it gets your eyes off of the thing, and I want you to hear me. I want you to hear me, and if you're not listening right now, listen up. Jesus has everything and every question and every, every longing of your soul is found in him, and if you don't have that and if you don't know that, I think you need to do some deep searching tonight at how desperate do you want to hear him speak to you? Because sometimes I feel like the Lord hides himself because he really wants to know if you want him or not. He's not a God that's gonna force himself on anybody. He's patient, he's loving, he's kind. But he desires to have that relationship. He desires to speak to you. But what are you willing to do to hear him speak? 
Are you willing to go to him to get a word from him when your family's falling apart? Are you willing to go to him when you're having a crisis in relationship with someone to hear, to hear his heart on a matter? Are you willing to hear him speak when you feel like you're at your end and you're so depressed and you have no hope and you have no peace and you have no love in your life and you, you even question if there is a God? Are you, are you willing to go to him with those questions and are you willing to listen to him? Because sometimes it takes our participation. <laughs> Jesus will always come to you. He will. But there's a flip side of that where he wants us to come to him. So are you willing to answer that? And are you willing to take up that call tonight? Do you want to hear him speak to you? Because sometimes I don't want to. I mean, leaders in the room, could you say that? <laughs> I mean, let's be honest. Sometimes I don't want to know what the Lord has to say. Ah, this person's being a terrible person. <laughs> you know, you, you, can, you can say that. Lord Jesus, would you just do this? I mean, the disciples had that moment where they wanted to send down fire from heaven to like <laughs> these people. As if they could. And Jesus, and Jesus said no. I mean, Jesus said, you need to test which spirit you're of. So there are times where, I have to be honest, I don't want to hear what the Lord has to say because I want to stay in my mood and in my anger. There are times I don't want to hear him speak, but are you willing to lay down your life? Are you willing to give it all to him to hear him speak, even in those times that are difficult? So tonight, in closing, um, we're going to do something. Kevin, if you could come now. <laughs> and I love you too. My prayer tonight for you guys is that you really, really would examine your hearts and, and really take the scripture to heart. I have a couple closing scriptures that I want to share with you, like, out of Matthew 7, verses 7 through 8. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. The one who seeks finds. And the one who knocks, the door will be open. So again, I want you to see it's a give and take. And then Psalm 86, verse 3 to 7 says, have mercy on me, Lord, for I call to you all day long. Bring joy to your servant, Lord, for I put my trust in you. You, Lord, are forgiving and good. Abounding in love to all who call on you. Hear my prayer, O Lord, and listen to my cry for mercy. For when I am in distress, I call to you. He just said, when I'm in distress, I call to you because, because, because you answer me. Not maybe you answer me, because you answer me. But right before that, he says, when I'm in distress, I call to you because you answer me. And the last passage, the last scripture I have for you is Psalms 120, verse 1. 
I call on the Lord in my distress, and he answers me. So tonight, we're going to close by doing a little bit of ministry. I know I might have said some hard things tonight, and maybe you're in a place where you're going through a really hard thing, and maybe you can relate to, to the Israelites and where they were looking for hope, and there is no hope, but they were willing to hear him speak. It just first begins with just coming to him. No expectations. It just, just coming to the Lord and just, just even having that desire in your heart. But we as leaders want to pray for you guys tonight. And we're all going to do this together. It's not something that just one person or another person is going to do. We're all going to do this. So if everybody could come up to the front, leaders alike too. Everybody, everybody, everybody get out of your seat. <laughs> get your butts up here. <laughs> and um, so what we're going to, I thought you were throwing something at me. And what we're going to do is we, we as leaders want to pray over you guys. And I want you to be honest tonight. I want you guys to, to share with leaders because we're here for you. Like, if you're going through a difficult time, and if you really desire the Lord to speak to you in the middle of your hardship and in the middle of your difficulty, and maybe it's not for yourself, maybe it's for somebody else, or maybe you're in a place where you've said, I have never heard the Lord speak to me at all, and I would really like to hear him speak to me. We'd love to pray for you for that, because the Lord really wants a relationship with you, and even if you've never decided in your heart to give your life to the Lord, I would encourage you to do that with a leader tonight and just say, I want what you're talking about. I want that peace. I want that hope that you're talking about. And maybe you've never given your heart to him and you just need to do that with a leader tonight. I would say, encourage you to, if you're ready to take that step. But ultimately, we just want to pray for you guys tonight. So I'm going to pray and we're just going to come and we're going to lay our hands on you and we're going to pray for you tonight. So, Well, Jesus, I just thank you for tonight and what you, what you spoke and what you had to say. And Lord, I pray that nobody would fall under guilt and nobody would fall under the pressure and feeling that they have to be perfect or feeling like they have to do enough or, or climb a mountain in order for you to speak to them. Lord, I pray they wouldn't hear that. What I pray I pray tonight that they would really hear, hear your heart for them and knowing that you want that relationship with them and knowing that you want to speak to them and meet them in hard times. You want to speak to them in good times. You want to be the one that we cling to and the one that we run to on mountaintops or in valleys, Lord. So I just pray that you just come and you would meet us here. Holy Spirit, we welcome you and we ask that you do what you would want to do. And Jesus, we just love you and we honor you and give you all the glory. In Jesus' name, amen.